It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries featuring Dave AC, The Sixth Doctor and Randall Thor. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Doctum Collective Commentaries. Yes, we're back with another riveting episode of Doctor Who Talk all over the top of. And joining me, of course, is Mr. Dave Acey. Hi, how are you? Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Mike is here. Hello, Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. Hi. Right. Just ignore him. <laughs> and also joining us, our special guest tonight, it's Jeff, the Seventh Doctor. Hello, Jeff. Well, hello, Ian. I'm glad to be here. Hello, Mike. And hi, Dave. Uh, hiya. What, Cooper? No, no elaborate intro tonight? Well, Ian, I, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not really too sure I'm real. <laughs> You're real, all right. A real pain in the... Ian, I, I want to know what Dave has to say. Come on, well, Dave, tell us. Well, I just feel a sort of shadow of me former self. Well, if that's the case, we should probably give the old numbers game a try, the, the old numbers test. See, the way this works is, uh, Jeff, you can go ahead and be the uh, mediator behind this. Hit, you can hit the table. We'll, we'll just call, think of a random number. Call it out. All right. Well, um, let me let me just hit my desk, and when I do, we'll I'll say a number. Okay. So here we go. Five. 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 Four. 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 Eight. 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 Two. 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 One. One. Hmm? Wait. Five, four, eight, two, one. See, we're shadow people. We all said the same thing, Ian. David, David, David. What? And the rest of you. Five, four, eight, two, one. Yeah. Uh, that's the Cultum call ID on TalkShoe. So we're yeah, real. <laughs> we're real. As I said, you're a real... Anyway, um, we should get on before it gets too late. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I, feel a, I feel a lot better now. That means there are real people out there listening to us. Move along. <laughs> Not so sure about that after that intro. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> well, as I said, we're talking all over the top of the latest episode of Doctor Who. Yes, ex- extremis? Extremis? I don't know. Pronouncing things, it's never my strong point. Well, it's more my strong point than it is Dave's. So, Dave, would you get out of care to pronounce this week's episode? <laughs> uh, I think it's really extremis. Extremis. Extremely so. Like, <clears throat> Are you sure got, it's real? Like you've got a pain in your extremis. <laughs> yeah, it's called Dave. Is this episode about Iron Man 3? Ooh, I see what you did there. Yes. Nifty. All right. 
Well, I think we've given this <laughs> enough of a go. Um, <laughs> so we can either leave now and get to the pub or uh, do this uh, commentary. I think we'll do the commentary. I've already got a drink anyway. But I'll tell you more about that once we get into the episode. So if everybody has their official BBC copy of Extremists at the Ready, I think we can begin. Gentlemen, are you ready? Oh, indeed you do. Ready over here? I'm ready to go. Alrighty. Well, if everybody's ready at home, we can begin in five, four, three, two, one, play. What happened to the doctor? What happened to the doctor? Well, if you were watching last week, you'd know. <laughs> Chilling words they were. Apparently, from what I gather, I could be wrong, but that last scene was actually tacked onto the episode after Stephen Moffat uh, thought of keeping the idea of the Doctor being blind going forward. So uh, I, I believe that scene was filmed at a later date to you know to lead in, of course, to this episode, etc. Right. I thought this was very Game of Thrones, this scene, but... Some people thought it was a bit Hogwarts, but I think it's very Game of Thronesy. It's a great quarry wherever it is. I bet there are ten million skulls in that lake. <laughs> when they were zooming in on the planet at first, I thought it was Earth. Yeah, uh, I was a little. I was like, who's, who's doing the talking? They're playing uh, Rafando. Uh, is Ivano Jeremiah. Now, for the, bad, the first, like, 45 minutes of this, I was like, this guy looks familiar. Uh, and, for those of you who have uh, recently been watching the uh, the TV series Humans, he actually plays Max, one of the uh, synthetic humans. Very good in it, actually. Um, that's why it took me so long to identify him. It's just like, because not used to him playing a human. <laughs> and th- this, apart, apart from the reveal of Missy, was really good because you assume that at this point it's the Doctor who is about to be uh, terminated. Love that coat. Doctor's wearing, love it. Yeah, you're not sure who's going to kneel here. Right. I like the way they pay her. And then she, he nods at her. Well, it appears that he nods at her as if, you know, she's going to do it. And then, but then the cards come forward. It's, it's actually quite well executed. Well, I like how Missy waved to have the doctor go past her. Mm. You've certainly got to follow every bit of the, the, the audio and text on the app. Oh. That's rather good. And this is where everything starts tying in. It's like, oh, that's what he's hiding. Yeah, that's what he's guarding. Well, it's even more like the Pandorica tube. Although that was perhaps, was that featureless, the, the Pandorica? I can't remember now. Oh, it, had, it had all sorts of stuff on the outside of it. I yeah. But it's not curved at the top like that. Oh, he says it has got a curved doorway front to it. I'm assuming that it's bigger on the inside, because 
She's got a piano in there, or somebody's got a piano in there. That's true. This is where it gets a little confusing. Well, it doesn't now that we've watched it a couple of times. I'd actually forgotten that he got that message as we yeah. were getting into the story later. Uh, yeah, that was the good thing about it, because it's like when we flash back to him standing, sitting outside there, it's like, oh, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I really, really like this episode is because there's, there's one thing I like is a TV show that can fool me or keep me guessing. Uh, or you know, you'd be so lost up in the hooked up in the plot that I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next. And you know, it, it gets increasingly harder to do the more elaborate some of these things get, especially with Mozart. Uh, uh, I don't sorry, think Michael. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think Mike was going to read that by Stephen Moffat. Now I dread those words. <laughs> and, and and don't worry, folks. Um, just just to keep. Uh, uh, Mike saying he's actually watching an episode of Twin Peaks at the same time. Oh, hey. <laughs> Written by David Lynch. I prefer that. <laughs> it's Corrado Invernizzi and Cardinal Angelo. And he's an actual Italian actor. <laughs> Old in, born in Genoa. Now, is this the first time we've actually seen a visual effect of what the sonic sunglasses look like to the Doctor? Yeah, this is the first time. Wow. We've, yeah, we've seen that effect. Very Terminator 2 light, wasn't it? You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger with his reading of his victims. What a kill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when castanets were invented, but still. But uh, Corrado has also uh, been a genius. Marco Polo, TV series from 2014. And a lot of Italian shows I'm not going to try to pronounce. In actual fact, that's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it, when you hear him speak? Yes, this... <laughs> well, it doesn't come apparent to, to, to later when... Um... When, well, when they're sitting down here, is the Pope actually just speaks Italian? Mm. Why isn't the TARDIS translating? I marked that up to the the main plot of the episode. Well, yeah. That's, I guess that's supposed to be an early clue. That and the text. Why wouldn't the text be translated? I get, maybe that does that. I don't. I can't, I can't remember if that would happen. It has done because uh, um, in the um, in one of them, the, the the doctor doesn't understand why the hi the hieroglyphics written on the the wall aren't readable, and mm -hmm. it's that, that one that's the um, you know the older than time one. 
What do you mean before time? That <laughs> uh, first aired. Oh, come. Oh, go ahead. I say first aired on May twentieth. Almost fifty minutes longer, slightly longer than the other episodes. And uh, what was it? Um, four four point one six million here in the UK, and it's got an AI rating eighty two, down from eighty three in last week's. That's surprising. I thought it would be higher than 82. And has anyone realized that uh, the doctor's desk has been moved? Um, no, I didn't notice that. I don't know if they'll do a, uh, another shot there from... Ah, but it's, uh, it's actually facing the window now. Rather than facing the door, it was facing the fireplace and the door before. Um, right. But if, if you're watching it back later, you'll notice it's actually facing towards the TARDIS and the window at the end. Right. And they're alluding to the uh, the the flat that she'd gone to share, or the house right. she'd gone to share with the others. Yep. Now, the interesting thing is we've actually seen the Pope before in Doctor Who. Ah. Uh. In turn left. Oh. Playing Rocco Colasanto. If you remember the family that they went to live with in turn left. Right. Got taken away on the back of a truck. That was Joseph Long playing Rocco Colasanto. When when Bill says, you know, I'm old enough, do, do, do we know what age Bill's supposed to be playing? I mean, the actress is so much 29. I think yeah, I'm supposed to be in her 20s, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but only just 20, I would think, you know, because most people going to university are 18 to 21, aren't they? It's actually, um, <laughs> it's a very funny thing. <laughs> Joseph, I'll just quickly, Joseph has been in a, in a lot of stuff. Um, Peaky Blinders, uh, he's been in, uh, Ashes to Ashes. He was Luigi. The owner of the Luigi's restaurant. In, oh, in Ashes, Ashes. Yes, <laughs> I can recognize him now. Yep, but you don't recognize him from turn left. No. No, oh, he was well. the one who got on well with them. Um, with yeah. um, got the champagne uh, for Bollinickers, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so it's, it's funny. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> also right. played Luigi in Adrian Mulder Cappuccino years. There he is. <laughs> Well, isn't that funny that you said he played Luigi? Because doesn't Mario Kart get a mention in this episode somewhere? Well, take away the card, and there you go. (laughs) Oh, I was in in Manchester a couple of days ago, and there's this street busker. Mike, you'd love this. He was dressed in a Mario costume, and he was doing all Mario Kart 8-bit music on his keyboard. (laughs) I should never have fancied a girl. <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to help for trying to pronounce this. Um, playing Penny is wrong. I'm not even going to try. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm like, I can't. It's pronounced A-D-E-K-O. L-U-E-J-O. If anyone wants to give it a go. Adiku. Uh, 
Jill it out, Joe. No. Okay, that'll do. Works for me. Interesting. I got spoiled for next next week. <laughs> Apparently, that's not the last we see of Penny. Oh. Uh, but she's also been in Chewing Gum, uh, Cold Feet. Also, Russell T Davies programs uh, Chewing Gum, isn't that Chewing Gums? Isn't that one of his banana and cucumber ones where he did some on? He did these, um, you know youth-based ones, and some were on main TV, and some were on BBC3, and, uh, and some were online. I don't think that's one of his, but I could be wrong. They certainly did the cucumber one. But, but, yeah, no, I thought all those yeah. ones that were linked were all like cucumber, banana, they were uh, like right. or vegetable, or whatever. Right. I think it's on Netflix now. Right. You know, we're this far into the episode and Dave's not given us a single time check. What's going on? Oh, oh well, I was going to... Because he's not uh, real! Ah, uh, that's right. Uh, I'm at 12 minutes and 44 40, seconds. Four seconds. <gasps> ah! The shadow test! We're both at the same time! It took me a second, at least a second time I watched it before I realised it was not at all. Yeah, well, no, no, I realised it was not at all, but the, the message was actually coming from Riversong. The, the voice in here that he does is very good. Because I was like, oh, it's probably not at all. But they start talking, I'm like, like, who is that? It's, it's Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we assume that must be River Song's book then. <laughs> and it's at this point in the episode where I just tune out entirely. <laughs> I hear blah 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 blah. You hear uh, he he must have made a stop on the library planet to get River's book, his her diary, mm. because she had it with her there. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? <laughs> I love these little chats between them. Hmm. Nardole's interesting because at some points he's he's a bit of a doofus, <laughs> but at other times he's like he wields some sort of authority over the Doctor, which isn't something that we're not really used to seeing. Somebody who is kind of on the same level with him in a way, you know. And again, because he's from the future, he knows some more. Technical aspects certainly did in the uh, the last episode. Oxygen. Yeah, I saw that. I'm, I'm trying to think. Who's that look like? That face. I thought it was Angelina Jolie to start with. But yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they they 
it definitely looks like a face. Uh, by what that I mean, some of you we might meet in a future episode. Right. That they've taken the trouble with the face. That's what I meant. Looks a little bit like Martha, actually, slightly, but. Yeah. I, I was reading on Gallifrey Base that some people thought it looked like Bill. Ah. I, I really didn't get that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> if you could only have uh, Riddle's map, you'd be all right here. Hey, Mike, I wonder if they got a copy of The Wheel of Time. <laughs> Probably <laughs> somewhere. They might have the three that are not written yet. And folks, that that, that, that marks the appearance, thing. the appearance of a joke I actually planned before the show. Oh. <laughs> Normally, I don't plan a damn thing. I planned that one. <laughs> you planned. We're all doomed. <laughs> We're all doomed. Doomed, I tell you. There's a lot of I saw, I saw a lot of discussion about that fade to black edit we just had. Mm. It was it was an odd sort of edit to throw into an episode. What an odd way yeah. to do a jump cut. Some people were thinking maybe it's for commercials, but they've never done that yeah. before. But, uh, yeah, I, I found it kind of odd too. I'm like Dave's gonna say, <laughs> they cut oh, to commercials. yeah, but uh, no, I'm thinking it's because we're in two. Completely two time zones. I think the important thing about this is that if this event took nearly a thousand, I mean, we don't know because the doctor lets her out maybe to solve the problem next week. We don't know. Do we know that the thousand years up? But it could well be as long as this simulation has been running, she's been, uh, you know, basically shut away from it. Although I, I think, and I think Jeff probably agrees. The simulation probably started when the doctor got the uh, the message back to himself. Right. Well, he was viewing the recording of of uh, what the, the simulation. Doc, yeah, what the simula simulated doctor tells him. Yeah. Right. Quite a good effect. That I mean, um, mm. that's how you can imagine the. Uh, um, an enhancement to the brain, giving you, uh, oh, walk towards the light. <laughs> I got to say, with the budgets being cut on Doctor Who and other British programming, the effects are, haven't really been affected that much in these past few years. In fact, I think they've gotten better. I think, to be honest, I think they're getting a lot better at, uh, locations i i don't know if this is a an actual location they found if they did it is beautiful this whole area is just mm. it looks it looks proper it looks right you know for for where they're supposed to be there's no like it doesn't look set like it looks like they're in a proper you know library yeah. it's just yeah. very very nice but if you think about all the set pieces that we've had in here uh quite a few of them are regular set pieces uh, we've had Bill's flat, which there was really no reason for the doctor to go to Bill's flat, other than it gives us another location. Um, but it gives you the feel that we're going to multiple destinations. 
you know, we've just got one room that serves as being the Pentagon. Um, it's, you know, it gives you that impression. You know, we've got maybe two rooms, two very white-looking rooms to, to serve as CERN. So it, it does give you that impression of that we're getting a, um, a well-traveled story. And it's very dark scenes. I mean, apart from the fact that they... That, that nobody's really saying about the incongruity of him wearing dark glasses in this one. Right. Um, uh, Darth was definitely saying that he felt um, that there's that there's more effects being made with the um, the actual quality of the the colouring and the the actual uh, imaging here. And, and I was wondering whether they'd used. Although it's not showing very high definition in terms of the dark scenes, there's quite a lot of shadow detail in that. Certainly when you watch it on the big TV. And the gentleman who just did a runner uh, is is listed as uh, Piero. Uh, is being played by Francesco Martino, who has also been in H Plus, Allegiance. Point Break, Black Arrow, Ooh. do you mean he played Black Arrow in Green Arrow, you mean I, no, no he was in a uh, miniseries called Black Arrow, uh. he played uh, Weedho, Weedho, I don't know. Just a few moments ago when he saw the uh, brief shot of the emails, Apparently, if you mm. freeze frame that, the there are other emails you can, you can actually read the the subject lines of, and the subject lines are things like the world is not what we think it is, the devil's work has been done, we have been tricked, please follow suit. Hmm. Uh. Hang on a minute. Didn't that get damaged in oxygen, that... Uh... He must have fixed it. Yeah, that and a new one, mate. what's the plot here, Dave? Mm. A lot of that can be attributed to ah, the plot here. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's a proof that this is already a fake doctor. That and, this, and even besides that, I'm sure the TARDIS can easily manufacture a new one. Because right. they did yeah, I mean, actually. That's another fourth Doctor reference. When we had Sarah Jane, and he and there was a robot being Sarah Jane, and he knew it because the way she didn't have some item of clothing on her, she didn't have the scarf um, on her. Excuse me. Pardon. Being very naughty. Do you remember? But in the pyramids of Mars, in the next episode is about pyramids. But in the pyramids of Mars, the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane, was replaced by an android. And she'd lost the scarf, but the android had the scarf. Android invasion. Yeah, was that? Oh, that one. Yeah. Well, I was almost right, but it's still a clever thought. Oh, hang on a sec. I love this bit. I like how he takes his glasses off to do the serious bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As you were. Who knows? 20, 23 oh, minutes. Oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I saw a mouse. <laughs> that was funny. Nothing secret about it, baby doll. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The fact that he, he, he has 
the sonic screwdriver one we know that's been broken i still think he got a new one in the real world but can don't forget the sound of the can opening it means i'll be opening another, another beverage but the point is that we, we as the story develops this as we learn the face of these different people ah. don't think that's where you're supposed to put headphones doctor <laughs> Huh? I'm hearing James Bond music here in the background, eh? all sorts of strange elements to the soundtrack. Interesting you mentioned Bond because one of my notes here is that apparently the uh, musical, there's a repeating musical motif from Thunderball. In this yeah, no, I, can, I can hear it here. Good. The only thing I don't like about that device is it looks a little plastic. So they uh, give it a little more metal kind of feel. I don't know. Right. It looks a bit Betamax, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, it's just to separate the two storylines, I think. It's an interesting way of doing it. Normally you get some kind of visual effect and just you get this fade to black and then it's it, it's very effective. It does allow that separation. Well, maybe they're doing it in a way that Ow. you're moving from the real world to the yeah. fake world and back. It's definitely to differentiate, I think. And I think we need another time check here We're at 25 minutes and 42 seconds. Oh, spawn. This actress, I've seen her before. I just can't quite place her. You place her at the water cooler. <laughs> the way I tell them. Oh, dear. Alana Maria. I'm playing Pentagon Woman. Actually, name. Very descriptive. Um, you may have seen her in uh, uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation as Embassy Tech Number One, uh, the Basil okay. Show, which I don't think you've probably seen her in. <laughs> uh, she actually has done some uh, voice work on uh, Far Cry Three and the Division. And uh, and post production at the moment is the commuter, which she plays Officer Jones. I know what you mean, though. When I saw her, I was like, she's familiar. Meanwhile, back on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like a scientist. I imagine that's what Perry does, you know. Yeah. Walk it's... around with his beard and a bottle. <laughs> Perry after hours. We hope it's after <laughs> hours anyway. <laughs> Sounds like a start of a song. We'll all go together when we go. Ho, ho. Apparently that's a reference to a song by Tom Lehrer. Don't know who. Don't know the song, but that's what 
I've just read. Should go ahead and mention the director of this episode, Daniel Netheim. He's previous. This is his second work on Doctor Who. Previously did the Zygon two-parter from last series. Also has done directorial work on Broadchurch, Hide and Seek, Ripper Street, Humans, Glue, Dance Academy, Whitechapel, Rush, K9. Back in 2010. Definitely some different themes coming here in the background. We're getting another mention of regeneration again. Definitely yes. some, definitely some uh, hints being mm. dropped. And the whole More thing shadowing. about borrowing stuff from future for incarnations or whatever reminded me of the uh, Cyberman two-parter, uh, Pete's World, uh, David Tennant, when he breathed life into the TARDIS. Uh Stealing a few years from his future self. <laughs> Nobody needs a manicure. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that sounded very Tom Bakerish. As a reach for my drink, good time to do so. And it's a Banrock Station Reserver. Mm. Cabernet Savignon. Bit of their normal. A, I'm drinking a Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Yeah. But that was, uh, but that was, uh, I started off with an angry orchard, uh, Hard cider. Tapped maple, which isn't very good. But I bought them, so I'm going to drink them. And playing our man from CERN yeah. is uh, Laurent Mariel. Just in case and you forget is, where... He is the French. Because most of the shows that are listed here are French. I want to make sure they know they're working at CERN. I've seen about four things already. It's CERN! I forget It's CERN! Hey, hey, CERN! Where are we? Oh, CERN! <laughs> I'm surprised Bill... <laughs> I'm surprised Bill didn't know what CERN was earlier in the episode. Yeah, I think that was just so that people, viewers, wouldn't feel foolish if they didn't. But I don't know why they keep dynamite at CERN. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> in case something goes horribly wrong, <laughs> we need some dynamite. Apparently, it's interesting. Tom So has another uh, credit in this week. He was in uh, last week's episode as well. Uh, this week, he's playing uh, one of uh, Rafando's guards, which is where um, Missy's being put to sleep, as it were. Clemson keeps showing up in this. He must know somebody. <laughs> Oh, 
Speech to text, mate. Speech to text. Yeah. <laughs> or is it text to speech? <laughs> Siri to read it for you. <laughs> I was get that mixed up. I mean, they are scary, these, but I still think the mummy on the Aura Express was scarier. Yeah. Stop watching, guys. You're supposed to be talking. <laughs> well, you guys mentioned what you're drinking. I have a mug of chai tonight. Ooh, a little bit different. Hot or cold? That just leaves the communion water for Mike, then. <clears throat> and, uh... Playing uh, the monk, I mean, there's more, but the only listing I have is, it's probably the main monk, is uh, Jamie Hill. Jamie Hill has also uh, played a silent in Closing Time, uh, A Wedding of River Song, and Time of the Doctor. It's also uh, been at the proms, playing a silent. Ah. Also a pilgrim in one of Dave's favorite ones to say, the Crimson Aura. The Crimson Aura. He loves it. He just loves it. <laughs> and uh, Tim Bennick is actually playing the voice of the monk. Oh, and he's actually had some a number of credits in in uh, Big Finish. Oh. Dead Bones and Lord uh, Burley and Philip Finchcliffe-Sent, Georgia Buckman. Ed Burnile and Giles Moreau slash Jenkins and Destination Nerva. Ah. <coughs> You're excused. Oh, yeah. Now, I do like the fact that these are all sensible people. They're all having wine at the end of the world. And you put it in your mouth. They're all the glass up. Well, Drink it quick. Yeah. We fancy holding the <laughs> wine away from your mouth. Too late. Back in the city on the edge of whoever, whatever it was. Oh, and also another credit for Tim, which I have to mention. Back in 1997, <clears throat> he was in an episode called A Taste of Freedom in the TV series Casualty. Casualty! Hey! Ah, Casualty. Ta-da! Another Star, another Trek, Star Trek reference. reference. <laughs> Uh-oh. Make it, We're playing the Shadow that. game right now. Someone's manipulating Castro Velma. Yeah, Well, I mean, that's, yeah. Alzacopolis, when they mass block computation. Block transfer computation. Block, that, that one, yeah. Of course, that's a Doctor Who fan. 
Get it right, Dave. Get it right. <laughs> Can't even pronounce Chuatal Ejafor. Chuatal Ejafor. I've got that now. It'll take me about three years. <laughs> oh, did I get it wrong? He'll <laughs> uh, be done as the doctor by the time he get it pronounced right. You'll pixelate in a minute, mate. Mm. Oh. Uh. That was actually quite. It's like okay, this is where it starts falling apart for me. Not the story, but it's just like my grip on the story. Didn't we have another Doctor Who episode? The um, the one where it was the giant. Um, was it not kill it? Where they, we had the um, the creature, the 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 roboty thing that that was all pixelated like that, changed its face. Do you remember the one? Where, where they're inside its head. <laughs> where they were inside the head. Inside the head. It was a... Yeah. Um, it was... Well, let's kill Hitler, wasn't it? The, the, the one where there was this general that came, but the general was actually... And then and all these little rectangles flicked around the outside and it changed how he looked. Oh, I got you. I'm starting to... <laughs> I think Dave's describing some weird dream he had. <laughs> what was it, Carl's? Yeah. yeah, it was that... that uh, Kind of like it was a bounty hunter type thing, and it, it went through yeah. time killing off people. That's right, yeah. There were controls inside the head. He finally I, got it. I believe it's called the test selector. That's it. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I wonder how much of this set is rebuilt from the uh, Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon episodes. Right. Especially the desk. Uh, well, the other thing is here, uh, since there's been a change of president in America, Anthony reinstated the gold curtain. So when they, they were dressing this set and when they were planning it, uh, Trump hadn't been elected, I suppose, so they were trying to redress it because he changed the look of it, didn't he? And that's another thing with with the Who the Who universe and reality is they've diverged with politicians since mm. there there was never really a clear U.S. president in Davies era who just that's vague true. references, but Prime Minister they of course diverged from Harriet Jones onward. Right, it, we it, have an except, Obama reference. In, yes, uh, we. We do have President Obama. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. When, um, End of time or whatever. End of time, yeah. 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 But aside from that, I think it's been, well, of course, Nixon, but, you know. But aside from that, I don't think there's been any kind of, I don't think they've really referred to any particular political leader. No. Bill's getting a bit... She's acting very well there. I mean, that's... Yeah, I like her outfit in this, actually. Mm. I was noticing it before when she was in the white room. It's actually really... I, I really got to hand it to her. And, and uh, Darth was saying on our live, live show, too, that uh, Hayley Niebauer's done just a phenomenal job on, on her costuming. Mm. 
Yeah. Although, no, it could be current processors can use, what was it, thermal it was thermal heat or something, thermal, thermal energy to uh, thermal thermal noise, thermal acoustics to re- do as close as actual random number generation as possible. That's possible with today's processors. Yeah, they usually pseudo random though uh, yeah. in general computers. Yeah, and we are at forty minutes and ten seconds coming up. And I think one of the reasons why they're not real random is because there's a seed number used to generate to start the generation off. So, so there's this ah, Nintendo news blog that I keep up with, and within <laughs> hours of this episode airing, they ran this as a headline and included the, this particular clip. So <laughs> thank you for spoiling the episode. <laughs> oh dear. Well, they're trying to reach young viewers, aren't they? It was all emojis a couple of weeks ago. Now it's all about computer games. And we had superheroes mentioned every other week. Another sci-fi, hello, hello. Once you doubt yourself. And that was good because it, it, it's obvious that he's touched her that has started that. Got a bit of blind acting there. Yeah. I think he's got a good voice for this. Uh, very oh, menacing. Yeah. Tim? Yeah. Now, these river songs, I mean, I know that Mrs. saying them but these are the, the river songs words that were read out before, aren't they? I think so. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Hmm. Now, there's another one, <clears throat> guys. Omega. When hmm. the, the, uh, the, was it the three doctors? Yeah. Let's see, Omega. And he, will that would it survived. was Will that kept him alive, yeah, inside the black hole. That must be a definite intended reference. And Omega is making a comeback, believe it or not. But just not in Doctor Who. Huh? In the K9 movie. The thing is, they must be monitoring things pretty closely on Earth to mirror everything that's happening in the real world. Because when you think about it, this Doctor had to go through the, the whole previous episode, of course, in order to be blind. 
And if you have a computer that can make that good of a simulation, you think it could do random numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I mentioned before, the uh, uh, the in the flesh, the Star Trek Voyager episode, uh, that's one where they uh, simulated space economy. Uh, it is a prelude to invasion. Mm. <laughs> Uh, that was season five, episode four. And that's where you link back to the beginning. I'm the doctor. <laughs> Pretty good bit of hacking to be able to email out like that. Mm. <laughs> well, they're basically, he's thinking that it's the same, it's the same glasses in effect. If one's such a replica, there's, they're not sending the message. They're, they're psychically linked, as he says, and whatever the word was he used. But this is this is the bit I couldn't understand. Why why does he set all these events in motion by telling Bill? No, he's telling Bill to better go on your date because the world's going to end. Oh well, I would have thought he said, whatever you do, don't meet that girl because that will mean that the events will happen. You usually want to break the chain of events, don't you? No, it's going to happen whether she goes on her date or not. Uh, And there's another um, Star Trek Generation one I've just been watching where it starts off with um, Jean-Luc Picard being picked up in a shuttlecraft, having abandoned ship. Mm. Uh, and time squared. Yeah. Either way, the Doctor having emailed himself that information would have sped up the uh, aliens' efforts. Yeah. Right. That's true. You think he would have told her not to go on the day? I, I would have thought. No, get, it, get, get in there while you can. Because, like you said, something's coming. Right. This is basically going to be his ace in the hole, isn't it? The... Ace. <laughs> oh, I caught so... that, too. <laughs> I see what you did there, Dave. <laughs> you didn't do it on purpose, unfortunately. But, but, uh, <laughs> most people think it's not going to be Missy when it eventually opens. There's going to be another twist somewhere. A bit like the Pandorica where you thought, uh, you know, the, the Doctor was inside it. And, uh... and is there ever a reason given why they're trying to execute Missy? No, no, no not, not who wants her dead. Maybe that's yet to come. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe these monks are wanted it because they. Sh- 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 I, I mean, well, did anybody else think that? And the wrist looked a little bit like oh, the. Oh, that's um, another library reference right there. I just uh, caught that. I'm you're the biggest library in the universe. Look me up. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Bit like the vortex, you know, the ones that Captain Jack has on yeah, his vortex manipulator. Yeah. Always. See, even then, if your technology doesn't work, Ian, hit it. <laughs> he runs I away. Just, <laughs> Picks up his skirt and scarfers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's brilliant too because he's been so permanent, so proper the whole way through. Just like I'm out of here. <laughs> 
It must be Missy, though, because he actually directly addresses her. Unless she's not yeah. actually in there because she's scarpered and somebody else is in there. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> see, that's the thing is we have the doctor saying the name Missy, but we never actually see in this episode who's right. inside. Yeah. So well, she could have played an old switcheroo and, you know, because when, when, when's, you know, the master Missy ever done what they're told? So. Yeah. I mean, obviously Missy or whoever he was expecting was in there whenever he threw the Chinese food in. Anyway, enough enough appetizers. Uh, it's time for the main course. And by the main course, I mean it's time for the wrap-up. All right. Let's see. Uh, random number generator, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Jeff, you're up first. Somehow I knew you were going to go to me first. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew. Hmm. Shadow Games. Well, this episode, I, I'm going to be kind of brief in my summary, but uh, because it was just so good. And I really can't find anything bad to say about this episode. Uh, it was I was on the edge of my seat all the way through. Uh, it kept me guessing. I didn't know what was going on until almost the end. I love that. Uh, it's so rare that I get surprised like that. So uh, I, I, it was a lot of fun to watch this episode. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved how the action was going back and forth between the, the, the simulated world and then we get back to seeing the execution or so-called execution of Missy. Uh, Missy had some great lines in here. Uh, I loved how we didn't know at first who was going to be executed at the start of this. Uh, they brought Missy in, and was she going to execute the doctor? Or was it the other way around? We, we really didn't have a clear indication of that until she actually kneeled down. Uh, I really like that. I, I love the line about um, where Missy said that, uh, knock yourself out. Really, knock yourselves out. <laughs> that was just great. I love that. Um, as you mentioned, Ian, during the commentary, the sets are just Wonderful. I mean, it just really looks like they are there at these locations. Um, the library scenes were just exquisitely filmed and set up, and it, it looked like a real library that you would probably see at the Vatican. Uh, just, just tremendous. Uh, and we get a lot of different locations. Uh, we go to the Pentagon, we go to the White House, uh, we go to CERN, uh, the Vatican, uh, the University. Uh, Bill's flat, just just a lot to like there, and just really well filmed, real really well directed. Uh, just they did a great job. Uh, I, I love how they are dealing with uh, Bill's relationships in this series. I thought it was going to be pretty clunky, and I'm relatively surprised by it. They they're doing a great job uh, and keeping it natural and. Uh, realistic, I think. So hats off to, to the production team for that and to Moffat. Um, Nardell is becoming a great companion. Um, I'm glad that they kept him when, when they had said that uh, he was going to be in series 10. I was just scratching my head going, really? Do we really want this character to be all the way through series 10? Apparently he's going to be. Um, he's been so far through, what is this, episode six now? 
he's really turned out to be great. And I had the same trepidation with Donna when they announced that she was going to be coming back for series four. I thought, oh, she's going to be too abrasive, uh, just too much uh, clunky comedy. Uh, I really didn't want that. And she turned out to be great as well. I'm getting that same reaction with Nardole. And, um, you know, he's be he's being a playing different roles here. He's a bit of a servant to the doctor at times. He's the conscience of the doctor. Uh, he can be a protector or he acts like he's the protector. And he's also thrown in a bit of comic relief from time to time. Uh, so, yeah, he Nardole is is just a great character. I'm glad that he's there. Um, great acting in this episode, again, from Capaldi and, and Mackie. And even in the limited scenes with Michelle Gomez, she's doing a great job with Missy. Just, you know, what I would expect from these characters and actors, they're, they're just doing a tremendous job. Um, I like that Missy and the doctor are calling each other friends. I, I know that they're enemies too, frenemies, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Um, but you, you, we, we're getting a bit of a callback uh, to them being friends from the end of series eight uh, when Missy was talking to the doctor and was uh, saying, you know, basically that he was her friend. And uh, so I, I think we have a continuation there. She's trying to get his respect, but at the same time playing him a bit. And we also get a little bit of a reference there uh, to the beginning of series nine when we had Missy on Scarrow. Uh, she was saying what the Daleks were thinking about uh, the doctor and the relationship that he has with River Song and all that. So we're getting a lot of continuity there, and I, I really like that. Uh, by far, this is my favorite episode so far of the series, easily. Uh, like I said, it just kept me guessing, and I, I really love it when I don't know where the plot is going. Solid five out of five for me for this episode. I know we have at least one more part, maybe two from some of the things that I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, we'll see how the rest of the story plays out. And I, I hope I hope uh, parts two and if there's a third one really hold up to the standard set by this episode. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them and hoping that they're great as well. And that's my wrap up. All righty. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. And let's see, any, 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 whoa. And, all right, folks, uh, grab, grab your comfy blankets and your pillows. It's Dave AC. Gosh, do I thought that long when I go? I'm sure I'm much briefer than that. <laughs> <laughs> now we are in uh, virtual reality, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how it works in virtual reality. <laughs> well, I knew that. I always thought I was succinct. Um, <clears throat> um let, let me. Sink the ship, sunk, sink. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I'm liking this more and more. Um, the, there's always that uh, dilemma, isn't it, with Doctor Who? You, you have, um, are, are with pop songs, are with anything. You have something that sort of, um, reads or, um, scans, uh, very easily first time and you enjoy it and you never go back to it. Um, and then you have things like this that, um, you actually, uh, you, you're deep in thought and you, you watch it with a, uh, a puzzle on your face. And um, uh, and if you're not careful, you're sort of uh, having little arguments with yourself and the plot's moved on and you've 
missed three or four key points. Now, I'd said about the series being uh, being fairly safe up to now and it being fairly less uh, complicated stories. Uh, and therefore, although that ensured that most people were mostly happy, there was a plattering effect that, um, you know, you, you, you almost though felt as though you were marking time for for the big bad you know the, uh, like uh, to use the uh, the video games analogy that was used in this one you know uh, you, you have a bad at the end of every level and then you have a big bad at the end and you had a feeling that that, that was what was happening and we'd also actually called time on it a little bit saying that if you know if it doesn't break out of this steady mold then what has been considered you know to be a very good vintage Doctor Who would perhaps end up being classed as um, a, a, almost too much uniformity. And this has moved it. It's a step change. Uh, we've gone back to a, a complex thing. Now, uh, Mike will have a two-word solution for why that has happened. And the two-word solution is Moffat and Stephen, uh, or maybe Stephen and Moffat. But the point is that um, he is quite good in the way he crafts things we don't know like jeff has said uh, whether the um, the level of payoff and the um, the denouement will be worthwhile um but as i say when i first watched it a little bit like um, the uh, the dr mysterio one um i didn't particularly enjoy that one on first time but listening to it more and I mean listening rather than watching more, uh, there is an awful lot to do. Uh, the references here, we've got a lot of the, sec uh, the Fourth Doctor references, uh, a lot of stories that have happened. Uh, we've alluded to some of them during the actual course of uh, the commentary itself. Uh, one more I just want to just really push that out there is um, going way, way, way back to um, the Second Doctor and uh, the very end of his tenure and the War Games. Because in actual fact, what was the war games other than these um, these different uh, areas? Uh, in this particular case, surrounded by this fog of time and mist uh, between, you know, uh, Roman chariots here and the French there, and um, First World War uh, in another zone, and um, there was like the the hotel in the middle where these um, people were actually conducting their experiments on um, on the on the various times and the various viciousness of um, and the, and the efficiency of which they could dispatch their enemies and um, this in a way is an updated version of the war games um, now the war games was a 10 part story so it doesn't seem beyond uh, belief to me that this could be a two or three back because remember these are double length episodes um, so if this were to go three episodes, and, and again, I don't know that, that's equivalent to a six-episode story. War Games could have been easily done in six episodes. So uh, there's, there's something to be said about that. Also, um, uh, at the end of that is when a doctor bids his farewell and the companions are returned to their own time zone. Uh, and uh, I'm talking about Zoe and Jamie, of course. Well, we've got... Um, We've got two companions here, haven't we? A male and a female. Maybe at the end of this, they will be returned to their own times and uh, the Doctor will regenerate. Um, now, whether that will be after the end of the Series 10, whether the, 
this doctor will make it into the next Christmas special or not. I don't know. Uh, as we mentioned here, uh, some of the scenes about his blindness, uh, can he possibly, oh, you like this word, can he possibly stumble through <laughs> six more episodes uh, with that disability? Um, I will, the fact that, um, you know, um, there is something that, um, some precipitous storyline means that we are about to be caught off guard. And I think uh, whether you like Stephen Moffat or not, we'll hear maybe from somebody who doesn't soon, one will expect the unexpected. And I think that is what this episode has brought back into this series of Doctor Who. We've had some very comfortable, enjoyable stories. Uh, and this is where... Uh, we get into a whole new level of complexity, and I hope um, it is a very rewarding set of three stories. Maybe Stephen Moffat's songs, Swan Song, and um, and I think if indeed uh, Peter Capaldi is there for the last two stories, which I, I think quite a lot of people listening to this will know who the villains are like to be in that. And remember, by the way, that's another thing. Uh, this is the first time in the series that we've actually had villains, haven't we? We could assume the monks are intent on invading Earth. So uh, everything before this has been, um, you know, there hasn't been an actual villain. So, um, yeah, we're, there's been a step change here and hopefully that step change hasn't um, upset some people who are thinking, well, I was really enjoying Doctor Who and Stephen Moffat's come along and messed it up. Because I don't think he has done that. But of course, there's no assurance because we know that some things have gone wrong when he's been at the helm. Uh, but some things have also been more creative, more convoluted, more uh, ingenious. And, um, <clears throat> you know, everything from having... That, that sort of sudden surprise, um, the, the stallion on um, uh, the, um, the girl in the fireplace here, the Pope coming out of the bedroom. It's, you could say, the same pack of cards, some of the same tricks being replayed. Um, but nonetheless, I think um, in my very brief, much quicker than Jeff's uh, summation, I think... It was really a strong, strong episode. Not quite a five yet for me, because it depends on how it plays out. And uh, that's me done, Ian. Wake up. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I wandered into another another <laughs> reality for a little bit there. <clears throat> sorry about that. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go next. And then, of course, uh, Mike will close us out with uh, his wrap up. Uh, mine will be kind of brief. I, I did speak at length. Um, you know, Dave knows all about speaking at length. Um, I spoke at length on our live show that is, it's already out in the feeds, isn't it, Dave? It's not talking to me now. I'm allowed to speak again, am I? Okay. Yes, yes you it's are. Out on, yes. yes. <laughs> it's out on the feeds. Thank you, sir. Speak when spoken to. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so you can hear what uh, I had to say, and of course, uh, uh, the others who joined us, uh, Dar Skeptical and uh, Rekwal and Dave. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I really, really like this episode, especially after last week's kind of letdown of an episode. Um, 
this really kind of made up for it. Uh, uh, like like Jeff has said, and like I said during the the, the commentary, it's it's nice when a uh, an episode of your favorite show can actually surprise you and you know uh, kind of keep you guessing and 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 this one did right up until the end. I mean, even when Bill started disappearing, it's like, hang on, I'm just not getting what's going on here what the heck who's real you know i'm like okay the doctor's gonna be real and then the doctor wasn't real i'm like and then of course you know we snap back to to him receiving the email ah now it all makes sense that's and i gotta say probably one of the first and only times i'll say well i said another couple of times i'm sure back when russell was in charge um that was brilliant moffat it was it was really good and and from what we can tell from the next time trailer, this is a, a direct lead-in um, in, into next week. It's a, it's a nice little setup without really seeming like a setup. Because uh, you know, sometimes setup episodes, you kind of like they're a bit fluff and not a lot of substance. They're just kind of putting some pieces in, into place. Um, this does that, but it, it, with this other little story inside, and it's it, it's it's a nice little gem. I really did enjoy it. Um, it looked beautiful. Like I said, multiple locations give you this feeling of being on this, you know, on this journey. Um, and even the flashbacks to, to, to Missy. So now we get the explanations to what he's been doing on Earth, why he's made this um, promise, this oath. Um, he's supposed to be guarding her for a thousand years. We don't know how long he's been guarding her now, but um, we'll find out. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll see more of Missy next week. You can see. Well, maybe uh, Mr. Randolph I can say, because I'm done. Mike. So I was enjoying this series, and then Stephen Moffat came along. And no one's catching that. That's uh, I'm saying exactly what Dave expects me to say. All right, but uh, but honestly though, this episode is we're at the halfway we're, we're already at the halfway point in this series of Doctor Who, already six episodes in, and here we are with Moffat's uh, second episode, the series, and this episode was pretty much even leading up to the, the week leading up to Saturday, I realized that this was going to be the one of the, the big episodes of the series, the, the episode that ties together all these plot threads we have going on. And as far as I was concerned, it was going to be either a make it or break it episode. It was going to be the episode that determined whether or not whether or not I whether or not I actually like this series, or whether it's been a complete waste of six nearly six hours of my life that I'll never get back. Uh, times, however many times I've rewatched these for commentaries, it's six hours times whatever however many times I've rewatched these that I'll never get back. It, it, it's a neat idea. For the, doing this whole this whole computer simulation thing to for an alien aliens that are about to invade, but there, there, there's some logic issues within the story that I pointed out. Things like, well, if the computer can do all this intricate detail, why is it not able to do random numbers? Is is are random numbers truly too complex for this? And then, kind of the whole thing. I mean, I, I, I can maybe understand the doctor being able to being able to email out to his normal to his real world to his real world self. I could maybe understand that, but still, it's a bit of a bit of a major suspension of disbelief there. Um, I don't know. There were some 
interesting set pieces here and there. The Vatican, the the Hereticum was an, was a neat set idea. It was a neat idea. The 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 maze within there. Uh, the Doctor being blind was used well in this episode, but again, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. Whether or not that's just you know making as Dave said. And oxygen in our review there is that just going to be a setup for a convenient uh, way out way out for the plot in some in some way it kind of was here but then the doctor was trying to restore his sight so whatever um, just and there were other little details here and there like oh I I was kind of actually liking the Nardole character. Then I realized why he's there, because he's there on behalf of one of my least favorite characters in the history of Doctor Who, only tied with Clara. Um, River Song. He's there because of River. And apparently because of an episode that I'm never going to watch and I will never in my entire life watch. Because just the title alone, The Husband's River, River Song, is enough to make me never, ever. I don't hate myself that much. Um, Very difficult one to understand anyway if you do watch it. <laughs> it's Stephen Moffat, I guess, wrote it. Uh, this is the, this is the first part of a trilogy. Uh, we've we've got actually looking at it, we've got three stories left. We've got this trilogy. We've got a two, and then we've got two two parters after this. Not going to say what they are about, but we've got two two parters after this. So, judging this episode is maybe a bit unfair because it's only the first part of a of the story. It's 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 only a third of the story. Looking forward to next week, we've got a story, the second part, which, for the second and third parts, they're actually doing something they, I guess they haven't done before, is, is they're letting other writers do the continuation. Uh, next week's episode is written, written by Peter Harness, who's previously written the Kill the Moon episode and uh, the Zygon invasion from last series. I don't know, I never, never saw that one. But... Um, Oh, it's co-written Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. And part three is written by Toby Whithouse, who's written for Doctor Who before, going all the way back to School Reunion, at least. Um, so, yeah, just an, an, an overall opinion on this episode? A bit unfair. First part, trilogy, all of that. It, we don't know where the plot's going to go. The, the rest, of the, pl- the, rest of, the, of the plot could redeem this episode, or it could just continue to fall apart. But as it stands right now, I'm unimpressed and that's my that's my review Stephen Moffat you ruined it but that's thoroughly <laughs> to be expected well hopefully you hang in there with us and, and, and finish this out come on tough it up well, there you half, halfway through <laughs> halfway through you made it this far come on if, you gotta if you finish don't... now yeah you gotta finish you just you can't just leave us in the lurch otherwise you won't get any more Twin Peaks oh no you'll be cut off no more Twin Peaks for you it might get you a wild badge. A wild badge? Wild badge. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I was like, he doesn't play World of Warcraft. <laughs> or do you? <laughs> no interest in that. I've seen that destroy too many lives. I played it for a little bit. Anyway, we digress. As always. <laughs> but anyway, yes, it's uh, it's time for us to go. Um, you can, of course, join us next week. Where we'll be talking a lot of top of the next episode in the series of Doctor Who. Which is called David. Sounds a good one, that. I'll watch that one. <laughs> it's the pyramid at the end of the world. Not the restaurant at the end of the universe. Pyramid at the, the end pyramid of the world. The of, yes. So, sounds interesting. Pyramids. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes. 
we shall see you all then. And uh, nothing more to say than uh, it's goodbye from Mr. Randall for... It's goodbye from Jeff, the seventh Doctor. And it's goodbye from the shadow of his former self, Dave A.C. And it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. Gonna script you, heavy bastard. It says Ian does normal introductions as script. Well, th- that's the normal introduction. Well, we can't. I don't, have I don't normally we... introduce people. I normally introduce you, and yeah, then we go into your elaborate introduction. But the people need to know they're here, so that when they come in and speak in this very scripted bit, they'll know that they're here because you'll have introduced them. We don't normally introduce everybody else, though. We normally. <laughs> Introduce you and then go into your elaborate introduction. Never anyway. work with Ian's duck kids and animals. Ah, oh, dear. My life. Anyway, stick, this, stick, stick this lot at the end. <laughs> I'll stick it somewhere, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.